Hello everyone. My name is Charles, the lead pastor here. Welcome to Zoom Sunday service here at the river. We're so glad you could join us today. Well, four weeks ago, I had a procedure done on two of my discs in my spine. It went well, and I've recovered enough to be able to deliver the sermon today. During my absence, we've had a couple of guest speakers, Pastor Josh from Houston and Pastor Steve from Boston, who recorded special messages for our church. We thank you, Josh and Steve. Your friendship and help means so much to us. And now we pick up where we left off in our sermon series. We are currently going through the whole Bible from the perspective of God's love shown by Jesus. It's been great so far, and we are now at the part of the Bible called the book of Joshua. It's uncanny how we are at this exact point in the Bible when the people of God at the time had just finished 40 years of wandering in the desert and they are now about to enter the land where they can finally put down their roots. As a church, we too have had a period of mini wandering. It's been almost 10 years since we raised funds to find a place we can lease. I am very, very happy to announce that we have landed. We signed a lease for 75 Murray Street. Here are some pictures of the space. We are now hoping to finish construction and be able to reopen our Sunday services in our new space by sometime in August. We are excited. There is a lot of work ahead to make this happen. And I have to mention one person, Anthony Mariani, who has been simply incredible in making this happen. He's been like a superman behind the scenes. I can say with confidence without him we would not have made it this far. So my deep thanks to Anthony and everyone else who helped to make this happen. By the way, the staff has requested that I clarify what we mean by 24-7 space we have leased. We do not mean that our church will be open 24-7. We do not have the resources to do that. And we never intended to be open 24-7 at any point in this journey. What we mean is that the space is in our possession 24-7. So we don't have to set up and take down every Sunday. All the chairs, all the worship set, all the river kids set up and take down. We do not have to do those things every single week anymore. We can just set it up and leave it there. Isn't that great? By the way, if you have been on setup or takedown team, please, Find a way to volunteer some other way. We really need you. We really need to build back the volunteer base for River Kids, Youth Group, and other needs like the projection team, the sound team, etc. 
Now, next Sunday, June 20th, we are going to hold a church-wide Zoom service to talk about the upcoming move into this space. There are lots of decisions facing us about how to reopen and when to reopen. So we want to hear your voice as input as we make our decisions. So please make an effort to be there next Sunday because we have to decide what to do policy-wise, such as wearing masks, vaccine policy, how do we offer River Kids given that kids are not vaccinated? What are we going to do? To be clear, the staff and the board will be the ones to make the final decisions because we are the ones who have to execute the plan and we have limited resources. So we won't be able to accommodate what everyone wants. But we want to hear your thoughts through various methods such as the survey we just sent out and all church town hall meeting next Sunday. In fact, the survey has been sent out already. So please fill out the survey if you haven't done so yet. And if you haven't gotten the survey, please let us know at admin at rivernyc.org and we will send one out to you. So with that exciting news out of the way, I'd like to talk today about meaning and purpose in life that can animate us, energize us, put a spring in our step. I mean, why do we do what we do? Even church, what is our purpose? It's a lot of work to make church happen. I mean, the staff really don't get paid enough. So it's not for the money, believe me let alone volunteers like the board or Anthony who put in just amazing amount of work all for free. Why? What's the meaning and purpose behind what we do? What gets you going? During the pandemic, I think we all got focused on surviving, just getting through this time. But thank God, we are now coming out of this dark valley. And many are predicting that we will have the repeat of the Roaring Twenties. Have you heard of the Roaring Twenties? That was a century ago, 100 years ago, after the Spanish flu that killed tens of millions of people around the world. It basically shut down the world back then, much like COVID has done uh, this past year. So when the normal life returned a century ago, people kind of went crazy back then. YOLO is not new, you know. That era is famous for club scenes in New York. Jazz was born during that time. Great Gatsby was written about that time. It was a time to live it up. That's all fine and good. I have nothing against good times, but it's not purpose. It's not meaning. After a while, it led to feelings of emptiness. This is one of the biggest problems of modern life. What is it all for? Is it just eat to live and live to eat? What makes our life worth living? Everyone wonders about that question from time to time. But a good answer 
is hard to find. And so it's easy to end up feeling unmoored, lost, feeling empty. In fact, modern philosophers think this is one of the biggest problems of our times. There's an interesting book called All Things Shiny, written by a couple of leading philosophers of our day. The book talks about how the modern life in Western culture has lost the shine in their words. They argue that in the past, the world was full of the sacred. So there was a shine to everyone's life. But now the modern world has deconstructed everything. For example, our jobs have become so specialized for most of us, it's difficult to know what it's all for. Back in the day, if you were a baker in a village, when you baked bread, you knew where the bread was growing. You knew you were feeding Tom's kids next door. So you felt connected, you felt purpose behind every loaf of bread. But today, most of us are just a cog in the machine that makes millions of goods, baked goods, for example, every day. And who knows where it all goes? It's hard to feel connected. So what's the answer? The answer from the book is to manufacture the shine in your life by making up meaning from whatever you find interesting. Like a football game, for example. The book actually recommends this. Find your purpose in football games. I guess if you lived in a football town in Midwest, your high school football game on Friday nights could actually become the shining thing in your life that gets you up in the morning. But that's not really satisfying in the end, is it? It's hard to make Super Bowl the meaning in life. At least not for long. The ancient world didn't have this problem. It wasn't a felt need back then. Because the spiritual world, the bigger world, was all around them. The big reality just beyond the veil could invade your daily life anytime. In the book of Joshua and the book of Judges, where we will spend some time now in our sermon series, one common feature in these books of the Bible is that the shine, the big spiritual world, was all around them, just beyond the veil in the background, like a background noise. And it was so easy to step into that bigger world. For example, in Joshua chapter 5, here is a passage. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked them, What message does my Lord have for, this, for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. What's interesting about this passage is that Joshua doesn't recognize he's standing on the holy ground or that he's talking 
to the angel of the Lord. He thinks it's just a man standing in front of him who's got a drawn sword. It's, it's mundane. It's everyday life. It's just, it's just something that's ordinary. So he just comes up and asks, What are you doing here? Are you on our side? But then, it's as if scales fall from his eyes. He recognizes that this is not just a man. And Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence. In fact, the place where he was standing is holy ground, where God's presence is, where the shine can be found. Joshua didn't know. It was just a plain looking ground. He was just walking around. But in reality, it was holy ground. Just wasn't recognized. There are numerous stories like this in the Bible. Abraham entertains three angels of God without realizing who they are until much later. Moses with a burning bush, at first just an ordinary bush, but it's on fire with the holy presence of God. And the book of Judges is chock full of these stories, like Gideon thinks he's just talking with a man for quite a while, but it was God all along. It's just that they are in a daze. They think they are having an ordinary experience. But then something just doesn't seem quite right. The brain can't quite process what's happening until the realization comes as if waking up from a dream. Then they go, oh my goodness, I've stepped into the holy. The sacred and the meaningful, the bigger spiritual world was all around them. Just not even recognized oftentimes and you could step into that world that world could invade your daily life and it was just the veil separating the two realms was very thin this is what some theologians call the God of, God of old the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the God who is just behind the veil that separates our world from the bigger spiritual world just beyond all around us. And the ancient people of faith drew their meaning and purpose in life from standing in the presence of God. Their belief was that they were standing in the court of God at all times. And so they could draw great purpose for their lives from being servants of God in the court of God. This was a unique feature of Judaism, Dr. Kugel says. Anyone and everyone could draw meaning by seeing their lives as a servant in the court of God. That's why we have all these commands in the Old Testament that seem just downright silly to us today. Rules about what to wear. Rules about what to eat and how to eat and who to eat with. They just don't seem that important. But they were very important to them back then. Just as important as all the other commands like don't murder. Because if you saw yourself as standing in the court of God, it's an insult to your king to wear the wrong clothes into the court or eat the wrong food in the wrong way with the wrong people. It's a deadly insult to kings 
and monarchs in the ancient world. In the royal court, there is the proper and right way to conduct yourself, including what to wear and how to wear. So there was meaning and purpose behind every choice. This gave even a simple shepherd or a day laborer tremendous sense of meaning and purpose and importance to their lives. But of course, this approach has some drawbacks too. Because everyone focused so much on the rules and commands, it ended up dividing and categorizing everyone in the order of righteous and unrighteous, in the order of importance from top to bottom. This is a drawing of the holy temple. The temple in Jerusalem. The earthly representation of the holy court of God on earth where everyone stood. But at the temple in Jerusalem, there was an actual physical manifestation of it. Do you see the importance of that temple? And at the center is the Holy of Holies. That's where God's presence was on earth. Only the chief priest could go in there once a year, and it was separated from the rest of the temple by a curtain. And right next to it, you had the holy place, where only the priests, the, the highest in the, in the ranking of holiness, the, the ones most proper to stand in the court, court of God. Only they could enter that space. And then you had the court of Israel, where only the men who qualified as righteous could go in. And then you had the court of women, and then the court of Gentiles, the unbelievers, the unqualified people. You can see how everyone is divided and categorized and ranked. There were more worthy people and less worthy people, more holy people and less holy people. So it became all about where you stood in the court of God and if anything be able to move up. But Jesus came to change how we should draw meaning and purpose in life. When Jesus died on the cross, at that moment, the curtain of the temple referring to that curtain at the center of that temple that separates the Holy of Holies to where God was from the rest of the people. That curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. It was no longer who stood where, in what order. The Spirit of God went out to all the earth, to everyone, everywhere. There was no longer this line drawn between the more holy people and the less holy people, all those lines that divide us, categorizing us, it all God obliterated. The cross erases all lines. This is one of the greatest things the cross accomplished. Is that for the people of faith, our purpose and meaning in life got changed from obeying commands from God to advance in holiness towards this, this holy of holies to erasing the lines and loving unconditionally all people. For Jesus died for all human beings regardless of where they stood 
and their beliefs or where they stood in the court of God, the cross is for all human beings. That erases all lives. So many of the teachings of Jesus point to this. Parable of the prodigal son, parable of the good Samaritan, the greatest commandment, the sheep and the goats, the Sermon on the Mount. There is so much material on this change from the old to the new covenant. And I'm very excited to talk about it in the coming weeks with you all. But for today, my first practical suggestion is to rethink church from a place that teaches you the commands of God, memorizing the Bible verses, so that you can be holy and righteous and, and, and which keeps on dividing people uh, to be in or out, closer to God, farther to, from God. And now, think of church as a place that erases all the lines. Listen to this passage about what the cross has done. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the walls of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. This is such a beautiful and radical and wonderful declaration. The Jew and the Gentiles the difference between them is not just about racial division, but also religious beliefs, faith, and cultural divisions. In the temple, the Gentiles were at the farthest section, but no longer. When you understand this, it should strike you just how radical this statement is. Even the line between the believers and unbelievers, the cross as erased. People of God and non-people of God, we are all invited to partake of the unconditional love of God shown on the cross. Hallelujah, this is the gospel. More on this later, but make this your aim in life, breaking down walls of hostility. We all, as human beings, have prejudices and value systems that categorize people by their worth. Akin to the map of the temple, we have an inner brain mental map depending on our value system. Uh, race is often something that people use, but also wealth, beauty, fame, righteousness, TikTok fame, how many followers you got? We all categorize all the time. If not intentionally, at least unconsciously and subconsciously, we divide people. We need to stop categorizing people by worth. For all human beings' worth were determined by the cross. We are all worth the life of the living God. So make it your life's purpose to break down the walls of hostility within you and in our society. When you connect with someone you would not normally, when you reach out to someone different from you, someone you might naturally look down upon, when you fight to break down prejudices within you and within our society, that's when the kingdom of God advances. That is the mission given to us by Jesus. That is spreading the gospel. That is growing in Christian maturity. So let's make that our purpose in life. Let's be a church, community together, dedicated 
to break down walls of hostility, dividing lines, growing in unconditional love. And shine will come to your life. So as we look to reopen our church, I'm so looking forward to seeing you again and being a faith community that breaks down walls together, that truly welcomes and respects all people no matter what, for we are all worth the life of the living God, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I would love to discuss all this with you, so please stick around for our Zoom Sunday discussion at 11.45. Uh, I just love seeing your faces and interacting with you, even over Zoom. So please join us uh, on our Zoom Sunday services at 11. And next week, again, it's going to be an important uh, all-church town hall meeting uh, to just hear your voices as we look to reopen our church. God bless everyone. Bye.